This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Hello, and welcome to Bulb in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Bulb. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have lots of stories about hotel mishaps, cats, throw up, dead bodies, Iceland dolls, and exploding toilets. The music for the show came from listener Christine, and it's a symphonic tone poem pandemic project describing the bumpy dirt road leading to the champion lodgepole pine near Big Bear. The meadows, frogs, birds, etc. and it'll be performed by an orchestra when the pandemic is over. Let's get on with the show. I think I've mentioned before in the podcast that uh, when I was growing up, uh, I had a nickname Betty Boop and then sometimes Boop and then sometimes Boops, which Boops was a little strange because it sounds off like boobs and I was um, well endowed. So anyway, I have a longtime friend and uh, we talk to each other all the time. And when I'm not here and I get a message on my cell phone, uh, it also sends me a text. And then, you know, of course, it's some computer making the voicemail into text. And I do find it entertaining sometimes uh, what it writes. So he calls me since he's known me a long time. Boop. So the text read, hi, Bulb, because <laughs> the computer probably doesn't hear the word boop that often. So I'm now Bulb. <laughs> hi, Bulb. And the other funny thing in that text was he does goes to a Tai Chi class. He said, I'm off to my touchy class. <laughs> hi, Bulb. I'm off to my touchy class. I was working a flight back to the United States, and there was... We have three cabins on really nice planes, uh, the newest planes. We have three sections in coach. So you have the premium, the pretty good, and then the coach. (laughs) Those aren't their names, but you get the gist. And like the premium is significantly more expensive than regular coach. So uh, there was a cat in the premium section um, that was meowing. Uh, And uh, there's a woman, she comes back, young woman, comes back to the galley, kind of stomps back and says uh, to the purser, you need to do something about that cat. That cat is just meowing and meowing. Like, you have to do something. And he said, well, I have cats and uh, I I don't know of anything I can do to a cat to make it stop 
meowing. Uh, he said, I don't think you can really get a cat to stop meowing in general. And then she's like, well, you need to talk to the owner. And he said, well, I could talk to the owner, but I have a feeling the owner's not going to be able to do anything either. It's like, what can you do to quiet a cat? And she kind of ah, huffed and, and stomped away. And uh, then we're left laughing in the galley. <laughs> we're like, I, you know, how are we going to quiet a cat? And then uh, when we brief, we have a sign-up sheet and different jump seats have different duties. You know, one person's working in the galley. One person says hello at the door. And he said, well, maybe one of the chores should be uh, pussy patrol. <laughs> and we're laughing. Oh, yeah, 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 you're on pussy patrol. <laughs> and then he said, you know, I don't know if I was all that nice to her. Maybe I'll go back and uh, apologize for the cat. I mean, he's just being extra nice because, you know, how do you apologize for a cat? But anyway, he says, I'll go back and, and apologize. So he gets out his phone to look up her name so he can be professional when he apologizes for the cat. And then he realizes she's not even sitting in that cabin. She's, she's supposed to be in coach coach and she's moved up two cabins. <laughs> And he's like, oh my gosh, I got to go tell her. She's got to go back to her seat. And then we're laughing before he went. And we're like, you know, if you're trying to get away with something, it's best not to draw attention to yourself in general. I'm just saying. <laughs> Years, okay. And I've always been a purser. Right. Two months after I started flying, I was a purser. So I had, remember in those days we had to count money? Yeah. Okay, so I get in my room, I've got the money thing out there, and I had this paranoia of being in my room, so I would lock every lock there was to be locked. I get in, and I love steamy showers. Right. I jump in, and I lock the bathroom door like anybody would do. I'm not lock, but close it. And I'm completely done with my shower, and I go to open the door and I can't open the door because the heat, <laughs> the steam has literally, um, I guess, swollen, expanded, expanded the wood. Oh my gosh. And so, I mean, I, I kid you not, I was in there for two hours <laughs> and finally I'm like, what am I, what am I going to do? I can't stay here all night. <laughs> so I start in the bathroom. I'm like, Help! Help! I need help! I'm stuck in the bathroom! Help! Help! So, so anyway, finally, I'm in England. I hear somebody at the door. Excuse me, madam. Madam, are you okay? I'm like, no. There's somebody screaming in your room. I'm stuck in the bathroom. You what? I'm stuck in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Let me go maintenance. <laughs> well, they literally had to break oh, the did. door. Were you? Did you have a towel on? I or? had just the towel on, and um, but they had to break the the door into the room and the door into the bathroom. Because you had it locked. Your door was locked. <laughs> yes, and even the door to the bathroom. They literally. Well, that one they had to take off the hinges, but. I'm thinking, okay, this is the most embarrassing thing that could ever happen to anybody. I will not say a word to anybody when I go downstairs to, you know, for pickup. I get downstairs, and this is the talk. Oh, my gosh, did you hear that woman screaming? <laughs> help, help. <laughs> did you tell them it was you? I told them. I, was, I broke down. I started laughing. I said it was me. She's like, you? What? <laughs>
You know, during the pandemic, things are different and things can be scarier. I mean, I never liked the throw up, cleaning up, throw up. You know, it's not my favorite part of the job. But these days when someone throws up, you're afraid they might have it, you know, and it's scary. So I had gotten up early from crew rest. Stupid me. I like to brush my hair. And sure enough, guy threw up all over the place and kind of on the plane with the flight attendants. Uh, if you find it, it's yours. Great. So I'm cleaning up. Well, I started cleaning up the throw up. I had gloves on and I thought better of it and went and put on goggles. Um, I put on a gown. <laughs> I got like a hazmat suit on because, you know, it is it is throw up is scarier in a pandemic. Just a few little things. You know, when is your work environment? You're so used to certain terms that it's surprising when other people don't know them. But really, I guess there's not that much reason for them to know certain things. Like uh, the flight attendant had made a PA uh, on this long international flight that um, during the flight, we will have snacks in the galley if you'd like to come back. And so I'm walking through the cabin and this young guy stops me and he goes, um, she said there were snacks in the galley? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what's a galley? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's like a kitchen. <laughs> but no, I just, it's so surprising to me that somebody wouldn't know what a galley was. But actually, probably in everyday life, you don't have any need for a galley. Okay, another thing, these are both um, sometimes when English isn't your first language, you can have some some funny <laughs> <laughs> mishaps. So there was a, uh, this Asian flight attendant said on the PA, because the flight was short, so they weren't going to have a beverage service. And so she said, um, there's no service between my legs. They are too short. <laughs> and then a, a French speaker, the, the, the choices for breakfast were eggs and a crepe. And so she's in the cabin going, eggs or crepe? Eggs or crepe? And the, the, the passengers are like, Eggs are crap. So he was telling the story how he was doing always like one of those East Coast, you know, like Boston, New York, or it was in and out of New York. It might have been Florida, New York, whatever. Full, you know, full plane. Right. And um, I think it was a wide body because it had a galley in the back. And um, Okay. And so um, he uh, is in the back with this lady that's dying. Actually, she did die. And they were, you know, just trying to, like, save her life whenever she died in the back galley. But this guy comes back and just is pissed because he's been ringing his call light and um, he can't get a drink. Right. So Mark looks at him simply and just says, okay, we will get you that, sir, but can we just get the dead body out of the aisle into the galley? Oh and then God. we'll get your drink. <laughs> This came to me from listener Steve, and I thought it was interesting. It was a story out of Iceland where it said, Missing Woman Mystery Solved. A group of tourists spent hours Saturday night looking for a missing woman in Iceland. The group was traveling through Iceland on a tour bus and stopped near a volcanic canyon. Soon there was word of a missing passenger. The woman, who had changed clothes, didn't recognize the description of herself and joined the search. <laughs> The search was called off around 3 a.m. when it became clear that the missing woman was, in fact, accounted for in searching for herself. Actually, I think it's funny she didn't recognize the description of herself because it could have been like, oh, you know, she was a middle-aged, heavyset woman. 
<laughs> or uh, she was a short, stumpy woman. Uh, you know, it was probably something that she didn't consider herself being. So uh, she was looking for herself. Guess what? I have a sponsor, and I am thrilled to back this company because I believe improv helps in so many areas of life. We all know, now more than ever, that life is change. If you or your company need new skills to navigate this moment-by-moment world, Life Plays Applied Improv is here for you. Life Plays, that's L-I-F-E-P-L-A-Y-S, offers fun and powerful practice in the presence, flow, and being comfortable in the unknown. They offer individual coaching as well as team building and leadership trainings for the biggest companies around. Check out www.lifeplays.com to see great testimonials and be inspired by how the skills of an improviser will serve your wellness, creativity, and resilience. You and your company will be glad you did. As a, when I was a flight attendant, been probably flying, I don't know, eight or nine years, I was tired and we got to our room and I decided to order room service. Right. Ate my room service and you know my food and I was going to set my tray outside the door and the next thing you know right. I felt the door hit my booty and I was standing outside of my hotel you know room right. but the problem was is that I just was barely dressed and so I, had, I was frantic right. <laughs> so I had to knock on doors in the hall to find someone that would help me and give me a towel and the person <laughs> but was next, it a flight attendant you this happened to me i know but the person that you knocked on their door no was it was just a stranger, stranger a man a stranger you, you knocked on the door yeah, of I, a stranger yes, barely dressed barely dressed <laughs> <laughs> and i and i remember he opened the door up and i was trying to pull my shirt down over my thing and he, <laughs> and he said um you know, like, he just had a startled look on his face, and I said, sir, please, I need a, a towel to put a, around me. I've accidentally locked myself out of my door. <laughs> so he gave me a towel and let me uh, cover up, and, uh, and then they, they brought me a key. But the, the, the ridiculous thing about that whole story is, is that man had the audacity to call me later in my room and ask oh, yeah. me. Ask me if I was okay and if I would like to have a drink or dinner. <laughs> well, like, he did no. knock on his door partially naked. <laughs> yes. I can see how he might think he might, uh, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now with wearing a mask at work, I, I find it difficult because, like, say, I walk through the airport and I'll walk through the concourses for exercise when I get there early because I'm commuting. Uh, so I'll walk all the concourses. And um, normally, if you're walking by another employee in uniform, even though you don't know them, you would give them a smile or a hello. But you can't smile at anybody in the mask. So I found that what everybody's doing is like a like a head nod. It's like the new, the head nod is the new smile. <laughs> and uh I do sort of an exaggerated head nod, and uh, it reminds me of I Dream a Genie. That's how she changed things. She, she, she would nod her head and her ponytail would move. So basically, I find myself now walking through the concourse at the airport just nodding like Genie.
So I was on the crew van going to the layover and um, yapping away as per normal. <laughs> talking, talking, talking. There were some people I knew on the trip. And there was a girl I've never flown with before, pretty girl, sitting pretty far in the back of the bus by the pilots. And then she says to one of the pilots, uh, is that Betty? Betty with the podcast? Betty? And the pilots are like, oh, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Who? who what? Huh? So then she says, uh, is, uh, uh, are you, are you the Betty with the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, you know, um, and, uh, she was like, I listened to the show. And I was like, really? <laughs> it's always fun. Uh, it's always fun when someone, right. And she goes, I recognized your giggle. <laughs> Guess it's a signature giggle. So conversely, <laughs> I was on a trip and, uh, uh, lots of times on a trip, you're, the people who are working in coach um, and you're working in first class and then you switch on the way back. And so some of the people on the trip, you don't have you don't really talk to that much. And others you've been chatting with for three days. So we'd had a good three days and um, some flight attendants had told me some stories and we're about to get off the plane. And one of them goes, what's the name of your podcast again? And I go, oh, it's Betty in the Sky with a suitcase. But you can just put in Betty in the Sky usually in any search and it'll come up. And then this other girl who I hadn't been talking with that much said um, to all of us, there were like four of us standing there. She goes, uh, oh, you mean the podcast? She can go on and on. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to be offended, but, and I go, um, well, that's me. She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm Betty. She's like, you're Betty. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I said, no, it's quite all right. Sometimes I can go on and on. That's actually the nature of a podcast. Cause basically I'm talking <laughs> anyway. Uh, she was like, oh, I listen and look, I'll show you on my phone. I have you on my list. And, um, and she goes, I can't believe it's you. And it's like, uh, the other flight tens were kind of standing there looking at me like, Oh, she kind of just dissed ya. She could go on and on. Yeah, it was an old radio commercial for an apartment complex in Memphis. I think it was Camden Grove Apartments or something like that. And um, it started off with this announcer, and he was talking about Candace, the Russian supermodel. And he said... Candace just loves living in Memphis. And you hear Candace saying, they drag me here. <laughs> and, and then he says, she really values her privacy. Candace goes, get away from me. <laughs> and finally, the man says, after a very satisfying lunch of Tic Tacs and a Diet Coke, Candace goes, shut up, stupid little man. <laughs> Just say that part one more time. Shut up, stupid little man. <laughs> I like that part. So I was flying to Paris, and uh, it was when they had to do a 14-day quarantine. And there was this heavy-set lady with a yappy dog and dirty clothes and dirty hair. And we all noticed her. She was just, uh, you know, she's just real sloppy. And um, she was obviously American. And uh, one of my uh, co-workers asked her, they said, uh, what are you going to Paris for if you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days? And she said, oh, I'm going to meet a guy that I met online. And then that, that flight attendant told all the rest of us and we were like, oh, he might be disappointed. Get away from me. 
have an older sister who's been uh, delving into the family history and getting like the family crest made and uh, family trees. She's also been putting together different stories and she's been asking me questions because I'm the youngest of 10, eight girls and two boys. And my life, because I was the youngest, is very different than the older siblings' history. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really... I don't really have any memory of living in a house with 12 people. <laughs> they all started to leave. My oldest sister is 18 years older than me. So they all started getting jobs and leaving the house. So uh, I had it nicer than a lot of my older siblings. But we've just been talking lately. And it's it's interesting. We didn't have any money growing up. And it's interesting when you're a child, you don't know any better. And that's just how things are. You don't understand if something might be odd. But even for me, my parents had more money, the less kids you had by the time I was there. But still, there were some odd things <laughs> that I hadn't really thought about for a long time. But since my sister's been asking me questions, uh, we we didn't have a bath mat. Uh, you just took something from the dirty hamper, put it on the floor to step on when you got out of the shower. And I'd always, you know, you didn't want to step on underwear or anything. You're always hoping for a towel or something. But, uh, you know, sometimes it was a shirt or a sweatshirt. And at the time, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't know that people had bath mats. Well, um, my sister told me a story that uh, there it was a strange house that I grew up in. I'd say it had actual bedrooms, four bedrooms, and there were 12 people. And there was this big middle room upstairs. And in that middle room, uh, I was in the middle room at one point with two other uh, sisters. So there were three of us in this middle room. But the thing that was so odd about this middle room is that everybody had to go through it to get to the bathroom or get to their bedroom or downstairs. So you had constantly had people going through your quote unquote bedroom. So I didn't realize some of this stuff because I wasn't around, but my uh, sister that's been looking into it, she was saying that um, my oldest sister, now I don't remember any of this because I wasn't around and she moved out uh, when I was probably two. So um, she was a bit of a, and it's conjecture because I don't remember any, but was a bit of a tyrant or she like kind of ran the show, the oldest one. And she had her own bedroom, but she didn't have a door. She had a uh, sheet for like a curtain. And uh, apparently the other sisters, because mainly sisters, uh, were scared of her because she was a bit of a tyrant. And uh, they said that um, we had at the time when I was in the house, we got a shower downstairs. But originally, there's only one and a half baths. And it was only the tub was upstairs. So there was no shower and they all had to share one tub. That's a lot of people for a tub. And uh, so apparently... <laughs> When my tyrant oldest sister would come home from work, she'd yell as she was coming up the stairs, I'm in the bathroom. And whoever was in the bathroom had to run out like with a towel, like ah, not to piss off the tyrant. <laughs> but then she was telling this nice part of the story is that uh, everybody was a little scared of her. And uh, at this one time, she was making all this terrible noises in her room and um, all these smells that they were just like what in the world is she doing in there? But none of them, they were all afraid to ask. And it turns out she was hand-tooling leather accessories for everyone for Christmas, and they were beautiful. 
I was on a Dubai layover and I do like to shower so I take long long showers and I decided to wash my hair this time which I normally don't do on my layover however I got into the shower stood there for a while decided to shampoo my hair probably after 15 minutes just letting the water run yeah. down on me cranked the uh, warm level up and then all of a sudden as I shampoo my hair the light goes off <laughs> in my room not freaking out a little bit because I'm like oh crap did I lock the front door Oh. We are in Dubai now, so is somebody going to walk in on me? Oh. So now I'm getting a little worried. So, well, in my birthday suit, I ran out with shampoo in my hair. You ran out of your room? No. <laughs> I ran out of the shower, okay. wet, and the shampoo in my hair. And there was one light on in the bedroom. So then I started locking up my door, making sure nobody can get in. And it's still dark, but there's a little light coming into the bathroom from the light in the bedroom. So I proceed to just calmly continue my shower, <laughs> wash the shampoo out, condition my hair 15 minutes later. I'm still in the shower, but the light came on. That's my story. Was it a fuse or? I have no idea. It didn't seem to happen to any other crew member. Huh. I asked around. Oh. Yeah. That's Sometimes listeners surprise you. I got this email from a listener named Franklin, and uh, he said, um, I had this doll's dress made earlier last year, and we take her to different places like you do yours. And if you zoom in, you'll notice her name tag bears your name. They have this cute little flight attendant doll with wings whose name is Betty, and they take her around and take pictures of her. And he sent me pictures from Rome and Carnival, and it's like, look at that. That is adorable. In the last few episodes, I've done some readings from old journals, and uh, that's it for now because apparently I have a very short attention span, and I probably had good intentions, so I started writing journals, like in the India trip and in the Morocco trip, and then it just stops. (laughs) And there's nothing. So that's it for that. Uh, I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. And a lot of us do. You went to my website. Doesn't take you but a second. Click on any of the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought Sky Gods, The Fall of Pan Am. And then these two, I think, are funny because this is... uh, pretty much opposite and shows that my listeners have range. (laughs) There's a seeing clearly a Buddhist guide to life and then rave hologram body chest harness cage bra choker. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Go to my website bettyinthesky.com. It supports the show and I thank you so very much. Well, um, we were on a flight and my husband and I, we were on our honeymoon and we were sitting by it was on the seventh floor and we were sitting by the three doors and uh we saw this big asian woman come and she sat on the aisle seat of the bulkhead right in front of us and um her back was right there um it was one of the new hires came by and said to her ma'am you've got to put that bag under your under your seat and of course she didn't understand a word so the flight attendant kicked it right with her foot yeah they hate that yes that lady got up (laughs) 
and slapped her. Oh my gosh. She was in shock. I was in shock. My husband and I were sitting there. Oh my gosh. She goes back up to the purser. The purser comes back and starts trying to communicate with this lady and the lady would did not understand. So they call the cops. This big lady, okay, this is really funny. This big lady puts her butt between the bulkhead and the seat and literally sits back there. So, so the cops, it was like tug of war, trying to pull her out of that seat. And then of course, they're trying to get her off the airplane and all she can say is discrimination discrimination <laughs> <laughs> and they got her off the flight that reminds me of a cute little story um this girl was always flying to mexico so she asked one of the spanish speakers because she get people never had their their bags under the seat and she said how do you say put your bag under your seat in spanish and she said just chub it <laughs> Just chum it, just chum it. So I was flying to Europe, and there was a woman who uh, was connecting on to Africa. She got on the plane, and she had extra masks on, a couple masks, face shield, gloves. And um, she said that she had been saving her whole life and for a first-class ticket to go on an African safari. And it's kind of like, because, you know, first class isn't what first class usually is right now. She was like, I just flew from San Diego, and all I got was a bag with a little bottle of water and some crackers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the first class you probably dreamed of. But then this this story took a uh, worse turn. And I... I, I'm sometimes hesitant to tell these kinds of stories because I, I like everything to be upbeat and positive. And I do feel sometimes this whole pandemic is bringing out the worst in people and people have made it political. And anyway, uh, another woman who's sitting in first class, these women are in their 50s and 60s and they're not in kindergarten. And this woman, I guess, I don't know. I don't know why this other woman saw the woman in the face shield and a bunch of masks. I don't know. But what she decided to do, we're still on the ground boarding. Um, she takes her mask off, sticks her tongue at the lady and goes, Aah! like to freak her out. And it's like, okay. So then that woman complained. And then we had to get a supervisor to come on to tell the lady she's going to have to keep her mask on and not stick her tongue out at the other lady who's afraid. Uh, apparently this woman, the one who had saved her whole life, hadn't been in her house. She hadn't been out of her house since March. And now she's on a plane and she's got a woman taking her mask off going, ah. anyway, um, uh, work is a little challenging these days. So I was in Chicago on a layover, and the moral to this story is never, ever try to fix anything in your bathroom. If you hear a noise or a sound, call maintenance, because you never know what kind of catastrophe you're going to cause. So I got all comfy in my bed, and I kept hearing this noise on my in my toilet area yeah. so I went into the bathroom and thought I could lift the, the lid off and oh. just kind of tamper around right. and sh you know shake a little few things right. in the toilet compartment to to get it to stop making that noise the next thing I knew I had um, 
I had broke something, and <laughs> let's just say the long of the short of this story is that they had to evacuate oh the entire floor because <laughs> I flooded it, because whatever I did caused the uh, commode to explode. Oh my gosh. And so I, had, I went to my, uh, I ran to my, uh, to the person next door to me, a flight attendant, uh, and said, you've got to help me, my, my commode has exploded, and they had no idea that I meant the seriousness of it. And I'll never forget how he, his name was John. Said, "Let me get my uh, my socks on. And I'll be right there." I said, "Oh no, you had no idea." <laughs> anyway, we laughed about that story because we had to be evacuated that night, and it was already a short layover. And I remember my captain as we stood outside, and the fire department was going into the hotel. I remember my captain looking over at me and saying, "Never say that you did anything to that toilet." <laughs> Never, never, ever say that. You keep that to yourself. Yeah, you keep that to yourself because I caused the entire fifth floor to be evacuated. Oh, my gosh. That is good. Back in the day, we had a lot of lavatories. The lavatory door that when you were landing or taking off, depending on where the lavatory was, the door would fly open. Uh, most of the planes these days are pretty good about the lavatory door not um coming open on takeoff or landing, but this flight attendant was telling me, really nice flight attendant, was telling me that um, back in the day, she's strapped in her jump seat, sitting next to another flight attendant, and they're landing. They had been talking, and um, they're landing, and the lavatory door flung open, so she used her foot and slammed it shut and uh, kept talking because this happened all the time. And then the door opened again, and she's like, man, this door's bad, and she slammed it shut. And then it happened again, and she's like, wow, oh, this door slammed it shut. They landed, and they get on the ground, and the door opens again uh, slowly, and then they're thinking, why is the door opening now? You know, the, the, the plane isn't at, at, at an angle anymore, and then there's a little old man in there. <laughs> so he was trying to come out of the bathroom, and she kept slamming the door shut. So he ended up landing in the bathroom. Oops. Well, that's about it for this episode of Bulb in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye.